0: Welcome to Spielin' and Dealing, the Georgia High School Basketball Podcast. I am Kyle, Sandy the owner and founder of SandySpiel.com and with me today, again is nobody, it's just me, the one man band at it again. GHSA Girls Final Four Basketball is here. It is time to preview again. Just recorded the boys podcast that has just been released. Now going back to back, no load management here. Got to do the girls, so it's all myself. If my voice starts to give up at the end, please forgive me. There will be some breaks throughout the podcast for me to take a sip of my hot tea and my cold water. But nobody really cares about that. It's time to get into Class 7A. What do we have here? We have Cherokee, who's been ranked number three pretty much all season long. They beat North Forsyth 53-47, and now they play... The boogeyman, I guess you could call him, number one Westlake, 63-34 over Norcross Westlake. I don't think they've lost a game to a school in Georgia in roughly two years or so now. Cherokee gets a crack at them. So, does Cherokee stand a chance against Westlake? I wrote about it a little bit earlier today. Um, I think they match up okay as far as the size inside. Kate Johnson... Going to Furman, only a junior. She is going to be a problem. She is going to be something that Westlake does have to account for. About six foot four. I mean, she's listed online at 230 pounds, so she is a, a big, strong girl. Uh, she's going to move some people around, but she's going up against six foot five Lydia Freeman, who probably has a couple pounds on her as well, and she's going to Georgia Southern. So two big, big bodies going to be colliding there. Not often that both of those girls see players uh, the same size as them. But Kate Johnson, 13 points, 11 rebounds, 10 blocks. We call that a triple-double from where I'm from. A big triple-double against North Forsyth. So she really is an impactful player. Um, the one thing that I worry about is does Cherokee have enough guard play to match Tania Latson, uh, who moved in, and, of course, Raven Johnson? That is extreme talent right there. Those are two blue chippers. Now Cherokee has Ashlyn Andrus going to Limestone College, a very solid guard. She's been their leading scorer this year, had 17 points against North Forsyth. Um, quick guard, just you know, fundamentally sound, can knock down some outside shots and quick enough to get into the lane. Of course, Cherokee also has Sydney Watts going to Navy, six foot tall, combo forward, tough girl. And then Chatham Brown, nine points in this uh, this last game against North Forsyth, athletic, about 5'9 or so, going to shorter uh, university, so she can you know mix it up. Um, but Westlake's going to be tough. Carly Hooks, obviously nine points per game uh Brianna Turnage is listed at about six foot two long athletic covers so much ground offensively more of a a cleanup girl and a slasher um it's gonna be it's gonna be really tough um Cherokee might be one guard away they might be one guard away now I think they do have a good youthful bench of some athletic girls that can get in there and play I got a couple of I want to say it's predominantly uh, mostly sophomores. Might have a a freshman or two uh, on the bench. But they do have some decent athletes at the guard position. But have they ever played in a big spot like this before? No. Does Coach Cates trust them enough to put them into the game? We will see. I think he's going to have a really good game plan. But again, Westlake is Westlake. They are so good. They're so tough. That's a lot to ask for. How does Cherokee win this game? Got to get Westlake in the half court. Um... Got to rebound. Got to um, limit turnovers. That's a big thing. I think it, Cherokee has to handle any type of ball pressure that Westlake puts on them. Can't give them live ball turnovers, easy fast break transition points. That's that's going to be the death of them if that happens. Cherokee's going to have to be patient with the ball, take some time, get this game into the half court, punch it inside to Kate Johnson, see if he got an advantage there somehow. Um Going up against Lydia Freeman, which is going to be two brick walls going up against each other. Um, but again, they're going to have to protect the ball. It's going to be it's going to be difficult. I think Westlake wins this one. I think Cherokee is going to give them a a heck of a game. Um, Cherokee last year, they got to this spot. They played Collinsville. They did not play their best game. It looks like they lost about fifty eight to forty seven um they missed a lot of layups from what I was told did not play a very good game but with that being said they were right there in the game against Collins Hill now Collins Hill is not Westlake so it is what it is but they did get those jitters out of their system last year I would hope and they're you know they got a lot of experienced girls coming back so I think that's really key for Cherokee but I do like Westlake in this one um I think Cherokee could get this game and keep this one close and keep it single digits. Um, I'm looking at maybe 12 points or so, but if Cherokee has this one in single digits and they're in the fourth quarter, you know, anything can happen. We saw Lovejoy get knocked off. I know they're missing some players, but I mean, Westlake is a pretty much a top 10 team, I feel like, in girls basketball nationwide. Um, I like Westlake in this one, but I think Cherokee's going to. They're going to have a good game plan, and they're going to come out strong, but I think Westlake's just going to have too many bullets. And that game is going to be played at 2 p.m. at Buford City Arena. So, sorry if I did not mention that. We'll move on down to the 6 p.m. game, which features Campbell and Collins Hill. Campbell, 53-50 over Brookwood. Collins Hill, 40 oh, 61-40 over McEachern. Again, these two teams met last year. They met last year in the state playoffs in the Elite Eight, and Collinsville. Out of all the games they played, outside of losing to Westlake, that was the closest game they had, 54-49 against Campbell. Campbell gave them some trouble. Now, Campbell they had a lot of young girls that have moved into bigger roles. Collinsville just you know got a, seven new players to transfer in, so it, you know it you can't really tell if. Uh, that has anything to do with this year since they just had a completely new roster move into the district. Um, but Campbell is going to play hard. They're going to trap. They're athletic. The Alston sisters, um, Jamie and um, J- Jalea, uh, they are very athletic. They're going to trap. They're going to uh, put some pressure on Collins Hill. And the good thing for uh, Campbell is, They've seen the best of the best. They've played Westlake. Now they haven't played Westlake overly close, but nobody really has. But they've seen the best of the best, so they know what they're up against. Um, where this could be an interesting matchup is with that pressure. In the past, Asia Ennis has been a little careless and a little loose with the ball and has struggled at times over the first three years of her career. When I saw her at Northview, I saw her a lot, and she had some issues with turnovers, and not valuing the ball against press and pressure defenses. And that's what Campbell delivers. So that is something to keep an eye on. Um, I think Campbell, offensively, are they going to get enough scoring? Nia Bozeman's a little guard, about 5'4. Five, five, um, Sarah Tobbs, maybe their most polished player, a sophomore, a, a fairly good score. Um, but Campbell, they don't shoot the three very well at all. Uh, Tobes probably their only three point shooter. Everyone else is, like I said, athletic and just get after you and get pressure and trying to get live ball turnovers. If Collins Hill can handle that pressure and Collins Hill can punch it inside to sh- Sasha Washington, who's going to have a big time size advantage, um, Collins Hill should be fine in this one. With a. Uh, with uh, Washington inside and then Eden Sample able to shoot from the perimeter. Um, It's just going to come to valuing the ball. If Collins Hill takes care of the ball and Campbell can't rattle them with their athletic pressure, Collins Hill is going to win this game. But if Collins Hill uh, struggles and Campbell can really dictate the pace and um, get up in them and get some uh, transition points where that kind of negates Washington's length around the basket, Campbell will have a shot. But with that being said, I'm going with Collins Hill. Um, I think Collins Hill should be able to handle Campbell, but I know Campbell will put up a very good fight. We will move on to Class 6A, going to be played on Friday. That is tomorrow, the 28th, at Buford City Arena. We'll start at the 2 p.m. game. Langston Hughes, they knocked off Lovejoy 59-55. I was told... Um, Genesis Bright did not play. Heard she had a broken foot. Uh, that's kind of a big deal right there. If she's not 100% healthy, and especially if she's got some broken bones in there, going to North Carolina State, that is a big loss. So, Langston Hughes with a nice win. But if what I've been told is a- accurate, you got to put a little bit of an asterisk next to that win. But a good win nonetheless. And then Glen Academy, they were up big on Johns Creek, kind of let Johns Creek creep back into the game. 47 36, Glen Academy wins. So, Glen Academy versus Langston Hughes. An intriguing matchup here. Zoisha Smith, everything's going to start and stop with her inside, averaging over 20 points and 12 rebounds a game. A fantastic athlete can take over games with her bounce around the rim, really good for Glen Academy, Talia Hamilton transferred in, gives him that good production from the guard spot, and the Trinity Best, who I believe is going to Francis Marion, is another quality player, so that's your big three for Glen Academy, when you're looking at Langston Hughes, Tamiya Stargell was the Region 5 Player of the Year, a good guard, and Raven Thompson's a, a a bigger wing forward type player, and then Demisha Kane is a streaky but lethal three point shooter, and then Autumn Phillips as well. So Langston Hughes has some quality players. This one's a really a really tough game to call. Um, I think <sighs> Langston Hughes has been really really good. Like midway through the season, they turned it on and they started taking care of business and they started knocking down everybody. Now. Um, you know that win over Lovejoy is really good, but Glen Academy they've been they've been tough as well. Uh really, really tough to decide. Um, it's a it's a long trip for Glen Academy to go up to Buford. Um, but I think with uh I think with Zoisha I think she's going to be enough of a problem for Langston Hughes. I think Glen Academy can squeak this one out close. Wouldn't be surprised if Langston Hughes wins this one. But I'm going to go at Glen Academy. I think they got all those seniors there. I think it's their year to get to the state tournament, state tournament championship. So we'll look at uh, Class 6A now at the 6 p.m. hour. We have Forest Park versus Valdosta. Valdosta got revenge. Took care of business against Aquila, 57-46. I think we predicted that one correctly. Finally got one right. And then Forest Park just obliterated. Douglas County, 62-21. and the theme here in Class Six A Final Four: a lot of great post players. We talk about Zoesha Smith, Glen Academy. Now we got um, Valdosta. Uh, you got Jayla Cody. You got Essence Cody, uh, and then Forest Park's Naya Fagan. Obviously, <sighs> can Valdosta keep up with Forest Park? They got the length. They got a you know the the two Cody sisters, both over six foot. They're pretty good. They're both over six foot, you know, can block some shots and get in the way. Probably not as physically intimidating as just a complete player like Fagan is, but they do have some talent. And they got uh, the Region 1 Player of the Year, Jemiah Johnson, can get trigger happy from three, but if she's, if she's on and she's connecting, I know she shoots at about a 33% clip, hit over 73s on the season. But if she can put together maybe a 4-for-8 or a 5-for-9, 5-for-10 game, that's a lot of points that will add up quickly. I think she's going to be really big in this matchup, how she handles uh, Forest Park's guards. If she can put the ball in the basket, that'll be key for them. Um, I think Valdosta has a really good shot at winning this one. But again, just like last year, you know, I, I just don't have the courage to pick against Forest Park, and I don't have the courage to pick against... Lovejoy, who, you know, they lost, but Lovejoy was battling some big time injuries. But uh, Forest Park with Jasmine Jacob, Joy Reed, uh, you know, those two are all region selections over there in Region 4. I think Forest Park can win this one. I think they maybe should win this one. I think Valdas is going to give them a hell of a game, um, but I'm going to go with the safe pick. Unconvincingly, uh, and not 100% sure on myself, but I'm going to go with Forest Park in this one. So now we move on to Class 5A. What do we have in Class 5A? The 2 p.m. game, Buford versus Woodland. Buford, 58-47 over Carrollton. Very good win, very nice win. We're in control for you know, pretty much the majority of that game there in front. And then uh, Woodland, uh, big win. Woodland out of Stockbridge, sixty. 60- to 53 in overtime over arabia mountain and woodland has been a good solid program over the past couple of years they just you know coach johnson is in a really good job over there they just haven't been able to really make a lot of hay and a lot of noise in the state tournament but here they are they're in the final four out of all the years i wouldn't have predicted this one because woodland I, you know to be honest with you i don't know how much time they spend in the top 10 this year Again, top 10 doesn't mean everything, but they weren't in there too much if they were in there at all this season. Um, but they're right there. They've had a nice road. They 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 clobbered New Hampstead. Um, they beat a, a a talented Maynard Jackson team, 59-55. So that was a, a nice win on the road. And then they get the job done against Arabia Mountain. Um, so impressive. Do they have enough to play with Buford? The answer to that question, I feel like, Usually around this time is no. I'm still going with Buford. That is one of the safest picks you can make this time of year. Um, Woodland's going to have their hands full. Ashia Willis, really quick guard, about five, five, six or so, but really good table setter for Buford in that dribble drive motion offense where they get a lot of drives and kicks to open threes. Um, Blair Wallace. Big-time three-point shooter. She can get hot in a hurry and knock down a, a handful, and all of a sudden, you know, three quick threes, that's nine points, and that's a that's a game-changer right there. Uh, Tamori Planton, uh, big body at six foot inside, and then uh, Tate Walters going to Furman as well, a senior leader, um, trying to win another ring, just a, a good good overall team captain with that group. And then Saravidi. just, you know, go down the list of all the productive players. Um, Woodland's going to have to have a really big game from Sabresha Everett. She was her, um, their first team selection out of Region 4. Maya Geddes, as well, second teamer. And then you got uh, Nia Lawrence and um, Raven Freeman, uh, two players. Uh, honorable mention. I just think it's going to be really tough. It's going to be really tough for Buford to, uh, you know, to beat a Buford team like that. Um, so I'm going with Buford in this one. And now swinging it over to class, again, why do I keep saying this, class 5A. We're still over here. 6 p.m. in class 5A at Fort Valley State. And this is being played on the 29th, Saturday. Eagles landing a second representative from Region 4. Very nice. Another team that, again, they kind of flew under the radar, but they just always seem to win Region 4. They play Kell. They play Kale. So, Eagles Landing, they beat veterans 57-43. to Very nice win. And Kale, 64-54. Closer than what the score says against Jones County, who was Region 4, 4 seed. So, Eagles Landing, uh, you know, talk about that really good, um, you know, that, that region over there. Talk about how successful Region 4 was in the uh, postseason. Didn't necessarily see that coming. But Eagles Landing... Um, just looking at what they did against Jones County throughout the year, beat them 60 to 56, and then they lost to them late in the season, 64 to 42. So interesting stuff. Again, um, mutual opponents can't really tell a whole lot from that. Just something that's a little bit of fodder for media folks such as myself. Um, so Eagles Landing versus Kel, where do we stand with this one? Um... It's going to be tough. Crystal Henderson, really good shooter. She had a good game against Jones County. Um, Kel, you know, the difference with Kel, which makes them really tough, is their athleticism and their length around the basket. Not huge size, but enough size. Amaya Moss, about 5'10", 5'11", a around the rim, long arms, can, uh, you know, get out there and, um block a couple shots. Jemiah Gregory, a 5'8 freshman, a, a big time, big time athlete that can leap and can rebound. Um, and then uh, Jada Green as well. Uh, she's got some game and she is going to pose some issues. So that's that's your big three in the front court right there. And then you got Henderson and then uh Kaia Williams as well, who's an athletic guard. Um so that's a, that's a that's a well rounded backcourt, a well rounded overall team right there. What does Eagles Landing have? Can they compete? I think they can. Krishan Peterson, a really good coach, Region 4 Coach of the Year. He has some good players, first teamers, Jasmine Akins, got Mariah Fletcher, so two girls that have won a lot of games, and, of course, Co-Player of the Year in that region, Jalea Storr. So, Eagles Landing, they're going to come in there with some veterans. They're going to come in there with some girls that have, um, you know, played in the state tournament before. Shouldn't be overly uh intimidated. They're playing a younger team now. Kel again, super talented, super young. Will that youth ever catch up to him? Not really sure, but you're looking at Storr as a senior, Fletcher, a senior, Florence, a senior uh, a junior, pardon me, and uh Akins Atkins, a uh, a senior as well. So this is a very experienced bunch for Eagles Landing. Um I'm gonna go with Kel in this one because they are undefeated, but Eagles Landing they're going to give them everything they want. I'm not surprised if Eagles Lane can get over the hump and win this one. I wouldn't be surprised. Kel's really, really good. Are they a year away? It's hard to even think about that, just how good Kel's been. But I'm going with Kel. I think it's going to be a close one, a competitive one. But I'm going with the Longhorns. As I take my sip on my tea. We will now move it down to Class 4A, 2 p.m. Friday, the 28th, tomorrow at Fort Valley State. We have Carver-Columbus versus Troop County. Now, this is a big one. This is a big one. Carver beat Woodward Academy 70-63. to They won the battle, but did they lose the war? Olivia Cochran, All-American, 6'3", going to Louisville suspended for this next game after getting an ejection. I know people are complaining about what happened. I don't know. I don't know what was there. I don't know what was said. Either way, you know, normally you don't it's normally it's tough to get two technical fouls. Is what I'm trying to say. Because you got to put yourself in that bad position in the first place by getting one technical, let alone to get two technicals, two things had to happen that were not good so whether it was a big offense or a minor offense there could be a ticky-tack technical in the you know that in the the first call okay you know it shouldn't happen but every once in a blue moon it happens if that's the case you have to be smart enough to not even put yourself in any type of position to get called for a second technical foul this is your senior season you're trying to defend a state title you are an all-american this is a huge deal you can't put yourself in that position. No matter how bad of a call it was, you can't even get that first technical. And that is a big deal, losing Olivia Cochrane. Going up against Troop, who I picked him in the Final Four originally, and then I think I wavered, and I, I screwed up, and I said, I like McDonough. Troop took care of business, 58-48. Troop has been good this year. Their only loss came in the region, Region 5 Championship, to Sandy Creek, other than that, you're looking at a team that, what, is 26 and 26-1, and they have good wins on the year. I'm looking at, they beat Harris County, they beat Upson Lee when Upson Lee was uh, still good, they beat uh, a, a tough Greenville team, um, East is not horrible, they beat them, they beat Harris County again, they beat Westminster, who has uh, Courtney Ogden, beat them, they beat Cedar Grove, who uh, ended up winning that region in Region 3, um, they beat Sandy Creek twice throughout the regular season. Um, Central Carrollton, who was a, a a plucky team that won close to twenty games this year, if they did not eclipse twenty games, Cedar has some good. They they played a, not like I'm not saying it's the best you've ever seen, but they have played a really good quality quality schedule. They were not playing cupcakes. There were not a lot of cupcakes. Now Carver, um, Carver obviously they scheduled and they played some really good teams throughout the season as well. But when you get into that region, region one, outside of America, Sumter, and you know, Doherty was all right as well. Um, Cairo was 15 and 9, but then you see Shaw was, they were 12 and 15, Hardaway 11 and 18, Westover 6 and 16, Northside 4 and 21, Columbus won one game. So there were a, a good amount of stinkers on that schedule. So, what happens in this game? Well, Kiana Gaines, Kiki Gaines, really good uh, athletic six-foot you know, wing guard type player. I guess the offense, it's going to have to run through her, right? Or she's going to have to play a, a big role. They got uh, Anishan Jones, who, you know, thank goodness she uh, transferred in in the offseason. It's nice to have two six-foot-three players, both which transferred in in the first place. But they, they, they plucked her to help uh, bring some size. And some and some power inside. Uh, so that was a big deal. Uh, so that, that really helps out for Carver, especially, you know, break in case of emergency. Um, so they, they have her inside. So that, that helps out a ton for Carver. But you're looking at Troop, they got Amber Gilbert, about 5'9, five, 5'10. Five, uh, inside out thread average about 15 points and 9 rebounds per game. Um, you're looking at Alexia Murphy, a 5'8 freshman. Uh she had about 10 points and eight rebounds per game as well. And she has a really good nose for the ball. Uh so those are two girls that are really tough. Um but you know when I saw Troop play Cedar Town, they did not have the X Factor, and that X Factor is Anaya Palmer, six-foot sophomore, averages 12 points, 8 rebounds, almost 2 assists, 2 steals, and just under three blocks per game. I've been told she is the one that makes that team go. They, you know, Offensively, defensively, she does a little bit of everything, and she is going to have a great opportunity to really put herself on the map. Now, wh- what I worry about here is Troop's guards good enough. Do they shoot the ball well enough from the outside? We will see, um, but I know Troop's going to be locked in for this game, or at least I would hope so. This is a really tough game to call, um, but with Carver, without Cochran there, Troop is a good team. Troop has a good front court as well, not as big. As uh as Jones is at 6'3 inside for Carver. But Troop, 27-1 is their record actually. 27-1, good front court, winning games all season long. I'm going with Troop. I'm going with Troop. I'm going with Troop to dethrone Carver Columbus and get a big win since Carver is not at full strength. Now looking at the 6 p.m. game, we got Luella versus America Sumter luella 66-48 they took care of a you know that what i think it's about a six-man roster of sandy creek so they handled their business they took care of that and then you're looking at spalding who lost to america sumter america sumter got a big win 47-42 so america sumter versus luella luella's in the final four can they get over the hump can luella get into the state championship a great question a great question where do we stand with these two teams? Jalisa Reese going to Troy has been really good, averaging 20-10 uh, for America Sumter. And then you got Trendy Jones can really shoot the ball, averaging 14 points per game. A move in from Fitzgerald really changed uh, the dynamic of this team in the offseason. But you're going up against Luella. Luella, a good quality team. You got Keeley Brown going to Fresno State, about a 5'11 athletic uh, wing player. And Paris Miller, a really good sophomore guard that averages over 15 points per game. That's a really good one-two punch right there. So you're looking at one-two punch versus one-two punch. Who has seen better competition throughout the year? Uh, I think, obviously, I think Region 4 is deeper um, than Region 1 was this year. Who am I going with in this game? Well, you know, it's going to be tough in this one. I... I think Luella has a good shot, but I feel like America Sumters is pretty legit. Um, I, I'm split. I'm torn. I think it's going to be a really close game. Um, just looking at how Luella's played, I mean, Luella blew out Gilmer. Luella blew out Upson Lee. Blew out Sandy Creek. America Sumter, five-point win over Spalding. One-point win against Marist. 17-point uh, win over Burke. With that being said, um, I'm going to go with America Sumpter, I think. I think I'm going to go with them. Might regret it, but I think I'll go with America Sumpter. But Luella's got a dang good one-two punch. Um, It's going to be close, I believe. Luella's playing really good basketball right now. America Sumpter has played a little bit better competition, I would say, for sure. And, but they've squeaked out some wins. So America Sumter, winning ugly games against really good teams, I'll give it to America Sumter. We move down to Class 3A. Saturday, the 29th, Valdosta State is the host school. We have Beach versus North Hall. The classic North Georgia versus South Georgia in Class 3A. It always comes to this, doesn't it? Beach 47-31 over Ringle. This is supposed to be a "quote unquote" down year for Beach. I was not ever buying that uh, narrative. I know, you know, they're 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 still Beach. They're still good. They're still gonna they're still gonna be really tough, really tough to beat, especially this time of year. So Beach with a nice win, and then you're looking at North Hall who. They handled their business, 57-41 at Morgan County. So North Hall's rolling. So what do we got here? What do we got here between these two teams? Beach, obviously, going to be quick, going to be tough. Got really good guard play. Madison Evans, um, really good player. I believe she ended up winning uh, region player of the year this year out of region three. Kayla Rogier averaging 15 points per game. Evans is at uh, 12 points per game. So those are your two table setters at the guard position does beach shoot the ball well enough if north hall is able to keep beach out of the paint do they shoot the ball well enough they don't have a lot of shooters now rogier is their best shooter it looks like she's about 35 percent on the season but she's made roughly you know like eh, probably over 33s by now but not a ton and then madison evans not a three-point shooter. She was 15 of 76 at one point. That's that's 20%. That's, that's not going to cut it. So can North Hall defend enough to keep them out of the lane, handle their ball pressure, and can they make them into jump shooters? Well, North Hall, um, you're looking at a team that can shoot the three-ball. This is a team that can knock it down. Macy Gillespie, she is going to be very key in this matchup. Can she handle Beach's ball pressure? She's a really good point cut. I really love her... Her pace of play and how she gets everybody involved, she's feisty. She's just a good passer, a good overall decision maker. I like her. I like Lauren Swanson on the wing at about 5'9". A good inside-out presence, good body, can shoot the three. I like her. She's good. And then Grace Hollifield's about 5'11". I don't think she handles the ball necessarily that great. Um, More of a, a combo forward, but anyway, she's like a stretch four. She can knock down threes. She's a big shot maker. Uh, She's been clutch all throughout the year for North Hall. I think it's going to be a really good matchup, really fun matchup. Um, It looks like if anybody has an advantage, I think uh, Savannah's a little closer to Valdosta State um, than um, Gainesville-type area is. But with that being said, uh, I like North Hall. I think with that trio of seniors, Gillespie, uh, Swanson, and also... Uh, Hollyfield, I like those three seniors. I think they're going to be tough enough. They've seen good teams. They've seen GAC, who we'll talk about in a second. They're good. They've seen them. They've handled it. You know, they've seen good teams. They've handled their business. They did beat Savannah by twenty two points. And again, it's always fun to look at. Again, also we mentioned it doesn't mean anything at the end of the day. But how did Beach fare against Savannah this year? I am going to assume they fared pretty well. They won 52-29 at Savannah. They won, let's see what else, they won 47-31, and then they won 50-37, so all pretty much on on par for what North Hall uh, was able to do to them, uh, beating them by, let's see, 22 points in that Sweet 16 matchup, but anyway, I'm going with North Hall on this one, I think they can shoot the ball, I think they'll be able to defend just well enough, going to be a tough matchup with Beach, but I like North Hall. Now we're looking at 6 p.m. game, GAC versus Johnson Savannah, GAC. We had them ranked, what, I want to say number four. Um, they played hands down the toughest schedule in the state of Georgia, especially in Class 3 They definitely played the toughest schedule, not even close. Johnson might be second to them, but they just played uh, a gauntlet. So out of their, what, 11 or 12 losses, 10, 11 were against ranked teams and out of that maybe 7, 8, 9 were against larger schools they played really good teams so they they flipped the script on Jefferson uh, 54, 51 after Jefferson beat them last year uh, in the Sweet 16 84 to 68 so uh, and that was Jefferson on the road at GAC last year mind you so GAC big, big win um, you know that's a that's a team that can score the ball with Kaylee Addy. If Kaylee Addy gets hot, she's a difference maker. She can shoot the ball from deep. She has a lot of uh, you know, dribble combinations to get into the uh, ba- uh into the paint. So she's gonna be really tough. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how Johnson chooses to defend her. She's already a thousand point scorer as a sophomore, averaging over twenty points per game. Um, but Johnson's Johnson's gonna hurt them with their length. Johnson's good. Johnson's seen good teams as well. Johnson, uh, they blew uh well they did not blow out Sonoraville. 5849 like Sonoraville. I was surprised that they kept it that close. So that that shows me with the right game plan, Johnson is not invincible. They're really, really good and they're gonna be really tough to beat. Um But you know, it's anything can happen this time of year. But Jada Burgess is going to Temple or going to Tampa, pardon me, uh, really good player in the backcourt, 14 points per game, um, just under five steals, three assists and three rebounds. She's really good, but the 6'1", um, sophomores, Kalia Hankerson, who hit that big shot to beat Hart County in the championship last year from the perimeter, and then Amani Hamilton. Those are two big girls, long girls that can shoot the ball from the outside when needed, protect the paint, rebound. Um, really big, uh, and Annalisa Baker as well. She's a, uh, another tough athletic guard. Uh, who's going to help out Kaylee Addy? Like she's going to have to have a big, big game. But is she going to get enough support? Is J.C. Bolden, uh, the sophomore, averaging twelve points per game, will she be enough? Will Ava Irvin, the senior, averaging just under ten points per game, will she provide enough? I think Johnson's going to be deeper. Uh, I think GAC is going to be ready. I think they're going to have a, you know, they're they're going to go out there. They they got firepower, but is it enough firepower? To beat Johnson, remember this is a rematch of a state championship game two years ago when Johnson won and kicked off this uh, this quest for now with three peat after they, they repeated last year um, j c they got the talent, but I just don't know. will they be able to do enough against an athletic, tough um, you know quick team like Johnson that has length? I'm going with Johnson in this one. I think GAC can make it interesting for a while, but I think Johnson has that championship pedigree. GAC probably still a year away. We move down to Class 2A. Interesting stuff. Interesting stuff. Going to be played on the 29th, ninth Saturday. At Georgia College and State University in Milledgeville, we'll start with the 2 p.m. game. Southwest Macon beat Laney 50-47. to 47. Now, I wasn't sure how good Laney was this year. I knew they were good. You know, they're always really good. But are they, are they the Daisha Benjamin good? Well, we know now, back-to-back years, they did not win a state title. They're not as good as Daisha Benjamin days. So, Southwest, big, big win. And doing that on the road, was that game on the road? On the road at Laney, that shows big-time stones. That is, that's, that's, that's huge. And they got some big-time performances. Ja'Kayla Johnson, who I believe was the Region Player of the Year, if I'm not mistaken, we'll, ch- we'll check on that in just a second. Um, she had a big game for them. She had a really big game. Um, just looking at what she did. She was a defensive player of the year in that region three. So, um, but she had a really strong game. She had 16 points. Avery Grayer inside 13 points and Stantagious Alford 12 points. You beat Laney. That is a big feat doing it on the road in the postseason, That's something special. Southwest is really, really good. If we did not already know that now they're playing Rock Mart, a one man team. 62-57 62 57 over Vidalia. Big, big win for Rockmart going, uh, going on the road. There's a little surprising. they couldn't slow down Kiara Berry, but Kiara Berry is that good. Um, I know Southwest is a very smart team. I've been told this is a team that's very smart. They play well together. They know they know how to defend. They're going to have a good game plan. I would assume. Um, obviously, as far as scoring options go, uh, Southwest, much, much deeper. Um you're looking at Kiara Barry she had thirty seven points, ten rebounds, 3 assists, four steals that's you know she's gonna get hers, but can you just not let her go crazy? Can we contain her to twenty five points maybe to thirty points that's That's what you gotta do You're not holding in her fifteen points. she's gonna get a lot of points. can Southwest, which is gonna be close to a home game for them, you know Milledgeville's in middle Georgia, so not terribly far. Can they slow down Kiara Berry? You have to limit her points in transition. She loves at the top of that zone. They play a 2-3 zone. She's at the wing. She likes to lunge and get in the passing lanes. She knocks them away, and once she has the ball, she's just an elite freak athlete. Way too fast. You're not going to catch her, and she has a soft touch around the rim. She finishes well. So you got to limit that. you got to make her score in the half court, and by golly, You're gonna have to face guard. You're gonna have to put two on it. You got to do what you got to do. You you got to make. You have to make Rockmart supporting cast beat you. If Megan Little gets hot and hits five or six threes, you know you got to tip your cap. But you cannot let Kiara Berry just run wild and beat you like that. I know she's gonna get her points, but this is a team that. Um you, you know how to game plan for them. Well, maybe you know how to game plan but you don't know how to actually stop them because Kiara Berry is that good. Uh I I'm going with Southwest. They beat they beat Laney for goodness sakes. That's a big deal. I'm going with Southwest making they've had some good wins. They beat good teams. I you know, this is a good team. Uh Rockmart is tough with that that one superstar, but I think Southwest I just believe in teams that have more bounce than just one star player, but Kiara Berry is that good of a star player. Uh, to advance to the next round, but um, I'm going with Southwest making. At the 6 p.m. time slot, we we have a state championship rematch. Everybody, Early County who came back and survived against Union County, 60 to 58. Michaela Thompson with two big blocks to end that game. They see Douglas, who has had the toughest route in the state tournament by far. 56 53 in overtime over Washington County. So, Douglas, they beat Raven County, who was ranked number one at one point in the year and only had one loss going into the region tournament, but slipped twice and fall to the four seed. They were down 15 points to Raven County uh, late in that game, came back and won 44 42. Then they beat Josie at 53 43, and now they survive Washington County. Can they survive Early County? Michaela Timpson is a big problem, a huge problem. She really hurt them last year. Um, Timpson, in their 57-51 loss in the title game last year, before she fouled out late, she had 20 points, 14 rebounds, 4 steals, 5 blocks. She's, she's dominant. And who else is coming back who is going to be a huge factor in this game? A huge factor is Jordan, um, Jordan Eford. Really, really good sophomore. I really like uh, what I saw from her last year. Very important to the success of this program. She is averaging just under 13 points, close to 4 rebounds, 5 assists, and 4 steals per game. She had a nice game in the championship last year with 10 points, 9 rebounds, and 1 block. And she's coming off a 21-point, 4-rebound, 7-assist game against Union County. This is a girl to put on your radar, folks. She is a sophomore, but she's she's good. She's talented. She is I'm not saying she might be a D1 superstar like Timpson, but she can play basketball at the next level. You can already see how she's you know progressing throughout her years as a sophomore. And then lastly, Tazia Jones, a physical 5'8 forward inside who averages 12 points per game and six rebounds. What does douglas have to combat it with that's the three-man crew kayla sesbury a nice shifty point guard ashanti williams a 510 wing that goes all downhill not a threat to shoot from the outside but she's super athletic and really makes some plays in the defensive side of the floor and then six foot three a kenya king she did not fare well all that well at least Against Michaela Timpson. Michaela Timpson had her way with her and Kayla Pruitt last year. And mentioning Kayla Pruitt, who has since graduated, along with Nakia Thompson, that's thirty-five points from last year's fifty-one or fifty-seven points. That's a big loss. Who's going to um, come up big down the stretch for you know what Thompson did? I mean, we've seen it so far in this postseason. They've they've won close games, so you give them a lot of credit for that. So they figured out the uh, the roles down the stretch here. Um, but Early County. Michaela Timpson, Jordan Eford, Jones inside. I'm going with Early County. I just I think they'll be able to get revenge. You know, Douglas has been really good. They're so battle-testing. They've been winning all these close games. I think it's going to be another really close game, but I think Early County uh, can finally dethrone Douglas. I just think Michaela Timpson is going to be too strong inside, and uh, I think the supporting cast for Early County is going to come prepared. But both teams have uh, really, really shown their moxie to get this far. Both teams playing really, really well right now. We will move down to Class A Private, February 28th, Friday, Georgia College and State University in Milledgeville, 2 p.m. game, St. Francis versus Wesleyan. St. Francis, 72-66 over Mount Perrin. Wesleyan, 51-38 over Stratford. So, it's now or never. St. Francis, it's, it's now or never for them. I feel like they've had, you know, better results throughout the season. Um, Wesleyan's really good. But, um, Maya Moore, Savannah, Sam, going to Oregon State. Amir Abdurrahim going to, uh, Amir Abdurrahim going to uh, Notre Dame, I believe. That's length. That's good guard play. <sighs> Can they slow down A.C. Carter? That's that's the one thing because you're looking at Samuel and you are looking at uh, Rahim, Abdurrahim. Those are two long, lanky girls. That's not fit. I mean, A.C. Carter's got 30, 40 pounds on both of them. Can st francis slow them down can st francis defies a good enough game plan i pick st francis to win the state state championship going into this postseason they've failed mightily in years past and we don't need to harp on it because I've, I've hammered that point home enough they don't really get the job done once they get this deep when they play the other powerhouses such as wesleyan and holy innocence can they get it done this year it's got to be this year or it's never um you know, AC Carter and Page Lines, you gotta count for them. And then um you have to do a good job of keeping Alyssa Phillip off the glass. She's a she's a big bruiser, she's really talented. I'm going with St. Francis. I'm going with St. Francis, but you know, I hold my breath when I pick St. Francis at this time of the year. The 6 p.m. game will be a good game. Hebrew and Christian versus Holy Innocence. Holy Innocence dissected. Elka expected 81-39. And then Hebron was up the entire game, and Green Forest made it look a little more interesting. They won 63-53. Whew, big bodies, interesting matchup, and uh, a good storyline. When was the last time that Holy Innocence or Jan Azar did not win a state title? It was 2014, and before that, you got to go all the way back to 2007. So it was either Holy Innocence or Wesleyan winning state titles. Well, <laughs> year one at Hebron, and all of a sudden they're really, really good. Got a lot of players to move in there, obviously, but... They're really good. I didn't know if they would be this far ahead, this early in the game, but they are. So Jill Hong obviously is a blue chip, you know, six four uh, combo forward for Holy Innocent, and she's obviously really, really good, and she dominated in the uh, state championship game last year against Wesleyan. Well, um, Hebron has some size. Region eight player of the year, six foot two. Malia Fisher, I believe she's a junior. Uh, Jesse Parrish, six foot two, another big post presence. And Carly Hedger is six foot three if she's uh you know gets deployed out there. Um you're looking at Holy Innocence, the rest of the supporting cast, Rachel Settle, Jada Farrell. They've played in big games. They've gotten some big big uh, big play from uh Naja Reeves, a sophomore, and then uh, the freshman Olivia Hutcherson inside has been really long and lanky and active, has defended and rebounded well. But as I wrote, I think guard play could be really big in this one. Hebron, Carly Fahey, Ella Hurd, Sydney Whalen—all those girls—they, you know—they share the ball. They all have a lot of assists on the year. All of them, I think, all of them might be over 100 assists or close to it, which is crazy to believe. But all of them um, average a good chunk of assists um, per game. And then who are they finding the, uh, you know, getting the ball to? Nicole Azar, five eleven, junior. Over a hundred three pointers made this season. Uh, scored forty-one points in the Region Eight Championship over uh, in a win over um, Lakeview Academy. Hit ten threes. That is something Holy Instance doesn't have. They don't have a legitimate like big-time knockdown three-point shooter like that. I think, you know, <sighs> Hebron. I think they can win this game, but. I'm going to go with Holy Innocence because I feel like Holy Innocence, I mean, they have they lost some games this year. Hebron is 30-0. and Hebron hasn't, you know, they played a good schedule, but they haven't played, you know, necessarily as good a schedule as Holy Innocence. Now, Hebron, you know, they beat up on Calvary Day. They beat up on Stratford, you know, the usual stuff. Lakeview Academy. But they did, you know, they they won by ten points against Green Force, and Green Force is a good team. Green Force been playing, you know, Holy Innocence and Wesleyan, all those teams so about ten ten points. So I think it's going to be a really evenly matched game. I think Jill Hong should again could be the difference in this one. I think she's just that good, just good enough for Holy Innocence to pull it out over Hebron. But again, not not confident at all in this one. I think uh, as far as girls' final fours go. This is the final four to get to. Great basketball. Um, But I'm going to go with Holy Innocence, just to stick with my original pick. We will now finish strong. Class A public going to be played tomorrow, Friday, 28th at Valdosta State. Our first game tips off at 2 p.m., Central Talboton versus Calhoun County. Who got over Greenville? Um, a very nice job of Calhoun County uh, getting over that hump. I know those two teams. I want to say they looked up earlier in the year, and Greenville beat them by one sixty-one sixty. But they got the last laugh. Greenville or not Greenville? Essential fifty-four thirty-nine. Or yeah, Calhoun. Pardon me. Calhoun County got the last laugh uh got the last laugh over Greenville. So, Calhoun County, they play Central, Talbotton now, Central Bernaola Sparks. Um, we've already been saying how good she's been all year. Uh, she's uh really been just powering powering this team uh, all throughout the season averaging, you know, flirting with the triple double here and there. Uh 22 points, 11 rebounds, four assists, two steals over a block and a half a game. She is where it starts and stops and Um, you know, how do you account for that? How do you kind of try to slow her down? That is what the big question is. Um, Calhoun County, obviously, they have a Takiya Davis inside, a big time shot blocker, really good. Uh, that's going to be a big help for them around the basket. She's really tough. Um, Iani Mansfield, Destiny Hightower, two other players that were on that first-team all-region. Um, I'm going to go with Central Talbotin in this one just because they've been they've been really, really good uh, all year long. I think Calhoun County is going to make it interesting, um, but I'm going to go with Central. And now at the 6 p.m. time slot, Wheeler County versus Turner County. Turner County, 65-54 over Clinch. Wheeler, 55-41 over Wilcox. I've been told numerous times, Turner County... Probably should win the state championship this year, as far as um, overall uh, talent goes. Super skilled roster, four four deep. A a great a great, um, a great uh, attack there. You're looking at Maya Bird averages fifteen point six rebounds, six assists, three steals. Uh, Akia Temple fifteen point six rebounds. The the freshman Bird, just over eleven point six rebounds, and the junior Jaleesa Office twelve points six rebounds so they're really tough and that's you know that's pretty much everybody that scores and you get a couple points here and there from other players but that's a really good big four and that big four got the job done against clinch county who had a big two of angel mccray and zahia johnson um so big win for turner now it gets difficult against wheeler county wheeler county um i got a Said with Wilcox on the boys, I think Wheeler County is a team of destiny. They got all these seniors. They've been really good, but can never quite get over the hump. I think this could be the year they get over the hump. Um, Samaria Bryant had 18 points over uh, in the win over Wilcox County. Kiana Mincy 12 points. Um, they got a nice lift from uh, Cummings had 11 points. Terriana Cummings that is another five 11 lengthy player player. Um, Leela Wright had nine points and that's a you know a, a big girl right there. So and you're looking at Bryant, Wright, um, so Samaria Bryant, Jayla Bryant, Leela Wright, and Terriana Cummings all had double digit rebounds. So they hit the glass hard. I, I just really like this Wheeler County team. I think they should be in good shape. I know Turner has, you know, a lot of talent too. I think it's gonna be a really good um, you know, good four players on each side. Uh, but I'm thinking Wheeler County I I like them. I like all the seniors. Turner County is, you know, they've been up and down at times. They are a 10 seed for a reason. Um, And with that, I'm going with Wheeler County. So, that wraps up the GHSA Girls Final Four preview. A lot of talking. Thank you for tuning in if you stayed throughout. We got some great action coming up in less than 24 hours. Uh, Follow me at KyleSandy355 on Twitter, at SandySpiel on Twitter. Also, SandySpiel.com, obviously. We'll have updates and everything good you need to see throughout this final week of the GHSA season. Go ahead and follow at CTC Athletics on Instagram and Twitter as well. CreatetheCulture.org. We have a camp on March 15th. We have Cobb County versus... Uh, Cherokee County and Paulding County, part of CTC All-Star Weekend at East Paulding High School. Senior All-Stars, boys and girls. And then also later that afternoon, we will be having at 1.30, I would like to say, girls camp and 6 p.m. boys camp. Registration open to all grades, not just seniors. Uh, $80 there. You can find more information at createtheculture.org. With that being said, here's to a fun weekend of final four ghsa final four basketball be safe on your travels and we'll talk to you soon